We've been studying the story of the Exodus and how God had moved in such a powerful way to bring his people out of slavery in Egypt and into the promised land. And I believe that God is able to set our feet in new directions as well today. Amen? And to help us say this in way, in uh, images that we're familiar with, we've been using the metaphor of a GPS. Uh, Forrest bought me this one years ago when they first started coming out with these devices. It's kind of antiquated now. Uh, we have them on our phones. We have them on the dashes of our cars. But um, to give a kind of a quick overview of where we've been so far, there are two very important pieces of information. Oh, I thought it was, uh, it's like, I know the battery's dead on this thing. <laughs> How is that working? It's Dave turning the heat up for us back there. Um, anyway, there are two very important things that this uh, device needs before it can chart a course for us. The first is a starting point, and the second is it needs to know where you're going. And once those things have been determined, then the system can go ahead and chart a course for you from your present location, your here, to your where, the place that you want to go. And these two things are very important in our life as well. So over the last few weeks, we've identified our current situation and our problem that we long to move away from, our and then also our where to. So hopefully you have identified those already, and you can go ahead and write them there on the line if there's anybody that hasn't been here during the series or missed one of those two messages. Um, You're here is that situation, uh, some kind of uh, circumstances in your life or habit, addiction, something that you long to see change in. And your where is what it would look like if God worked in that in some miraculous way and that situation changed over the time of this series or in the year ahead or in in God's time of course and so we've talked about the here and the where to and then over the last couple of weeks we looked at a couple of things that can get in the way of that and the first is excuses Uh, Moses God wanted to send him to deliver the people out of slavery and he was full of excuses right why God should pick somebody else. And we can make excuses as well. And then the other thing that can get in the way is obstacles. There can be people, there can be circumstances that get in the way of us uh, seeing change in the circumstance that we've written on that here, I'm here line. And um, some of those obstacles, of course, for the Israelites, one of those was uh, Pharaoh. And God had to work in that circumstance. So if you miss those any of those messages you might want to catch up online. This message today is called uh, Recalculating. And <laughs> I am one of the most directionally impaired people you will ever meet. I'm <laughs> we have a little contest going up here with, with Sharon. But one of my great <laughs> directionally impaired, yes. One, He's, he's, he's shared, hands down. I get lost in the mall. I mean, <laughs> I come out of the store and I go the way I just came from, you know, instead of, and he's like, no, it's this way. But 
yeah, whatever I think, I should go the other way. But uh, I, I have this great fear of getting lost uh, I, I, because I, I am so, I, <laughs> yes, it's not unfounded. But the thing, <laughs> no, I know, you guys are saying more than I am. <laughs> Anyway, the thing is, it's, it's like, you know, I've never heard of a grown adult with all their faculties getting permanently lost in a car, you know, so, uh, you know, like, um, you take a business trip to Ohio and never find your way back, or, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry, kids. Your grandma, you're never going to see your grandma again. She, she called, she's lost. There's nothing we can do for her, you know. So it's an irrational fear. Uh, and which gets more intense if I forget my phone, by the way. But so Forrest knows about these directional uh, disabilities. So over the year, he's tried to relieve the tension for me in any way that he can, uh, whether it's drawing a map or whatever. So he was pretty glad when they came out with these little devices, and he got me one for Christmas uh, several years ago. And it happened that when he, the year that I got that, we were going to our sons in Sault Ste. Marie right after Christmas. And so, of course, we've been there multiple times. Forrest knew the way. But he says, let's take the GPS and enter the destination so that you can kind of see how it works and get used to using it. So we went ahead and entered our destination in there and started out, and it's telling us where to turn and everything's going well and the little voices, you know, and turn here, exit here. Well, we got up to Lansing, and it started to talk about uh, repair to exit the highway on the right. And so we're going along, and Forrest is like paying no attention to this device that he's just told me to pay attention to. <laughs> and we go right past the exit, and the little car starts to you know, leave and take the exit, realizes that we haven't, jumps back onto the highway, <laughs> and it says, you know, kind of in a patient voice, recalculating. And so I'm like, well, why didn't we take that exit? And he said, well, that would take us through downtown Lansing during lunch hour, and I didn't want to do that. I allowed house. I would never want to do that. <laughs> and so, but how would I know that? That's where it was going to take me. So we get back on the highway, and it recalculates, and it says, okay, drive X number of miles. And we drive a little further, and again it says, okay, get ready to exit on the right. And he's staying in the left lane, and he, he's not even moving over towards the right lane. Sure enough, we go right past that exit, too. And, and uh, it's, you know, recalculating. It seems to take it all in stride. But I said, so why didn't we exit that time? He said, well, that would have taken us off the highway up through St. John's, and it's a lot faster to stay on the highway. And I'm like, starting to not trust the very <laughs> little device that he's given me and, and wondering, you know, how can I, next time I'm going somewhere, print out a little Google map without hurting his feelings and <laughs> take that with me. But, uh, and the thing is, the GPS after it determines where you are and where you want to go, it charts a course that will take you there. And 
the route that it maps out will get you there eventually. But it doesn't always chart the course that you want to take. And sometimes we choose to go a different way, to take a different route than the one that the unit uh, is giving us. And then it has to recalculate a new course for us. And our GPS units are flawed in that way. They don't know the best uh, course for us. They, they don't know what direction we intended to go. Uh, and they don't know us. That, you know, I really don't want to drive through downtown Lansing any time of day. But God is the perfect guide for getting us from our here to his there in life. And we can be sure that God knows the best direction uh, for us to take. If we will follow him, he will take us on the best route because he knows all of the circumstances. He knows all the people that are coming into play in that situation that you wrote down and all of the obstacles that you're facing. And so he'll take you along the best route. The key is learning to listen to him, learning how to allow him to guide you. So you have to know how God speaks. And it seems to me that the Israelites had it made in this way um, when it comes to knowing which way God wanted them to go. Look at Exodus 13 with me. It says, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. So God spoke through Moses telling the people what they were to do, and then God was present with them in this very visible way, showing them where they were to go. And all they had to do was follow that pillar or that cloud. And it kind of seems like a no-brainer. Wouldn't that really be a great way to follow God? I mean, just to have him that visible and that present, you'd never have to question, you know, or doubt, has God left me to find my own way? Because he'd, you'd be able to see him right there. You would know with certainty that you were on the right path. And I was thinking about that, what that would look like today. So here's a picture of me uh, <laughs> going to a meeting with God, <laughs> guiding me on the way. Uh, here's, here's one at the store trying to decide <laughs> between two melons. I can never tell which one's ripe, you know. It's just like that would be such a cool thing. And, and here I am, uh, uh, next one. The, another cool thing would be like you're driving down the road and you can tell who, who are the Christians and God, God followers, you know. I would never put a picture of the congregation up here. Just to... So uh, with all that provision that God made the Israelites to show them how to get from they're here to his there. Uh, it doesn't seem like they could possibly lose their way, but they did. And we're going to see in a couple of weeks how uh, most of them, all, most all of them, ended up wandering around in the desert for 40 years, and they never arrived at God's destination. They never experienced the life that he was trying to lead them into. So if we're going to go from our here to his there, we need to understand how God speaks to us today because we don't have a pillar 
of fire. We don't have a cloud. And we don't have Moses. So we have to know how God speaks today. And we know how God spoke to the Israelites in that point in history. Uh, So how does God speak today? Well, in the book of Hebrews, the first chapter, very first book, verse, the writer of Hebrews says, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. But now in these final days, God has spoken to us through his son. Uh, Two weeks ago, we saw how God spoke to Moses in a burning bush. In another um, place in scripture, he speaks uh, through a donkey. We don't have donkeys either that speak. But uh, for the most part in the Old Testament, God would pour out his spirit on one individual. And uh, he would speak through that prophet. But then God sent his son. And Jesus was present in a physical body. And when Jesus was speaking to people, when Jesus was speaking to his disciples, that was God speaking. So it would have been very odd for Jesus to talk to his disciples and they then come back with, well, we liked what you said, but now we want to hear God speak. I mean, Jesus was God, and so they were hearing God speak. And God spoke in different ways in various times. And now in our time, while God can speak to us in any way he chooses, he, he could show up and speak to us right now. Um, primarily... He speaks to us through his spirit in five ways. And uh, if we're going to end up at our destination, the destination that we are longing to see God bring us to, or God's destination uh, is a better way to say it, then we need his guidance in the coming days and weeks. And uh, so we're going to look this morning at uh, those five ways that God speaks so that you can recognize when God is speaking to you. I've listed them there in your message notes if you're... uh, one that fills in blanks. Uh, the first way is God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit. Um, the Spirit of Christ dwells in every believer, and he can speak directly to our hearts. Uh, God, Jesus promised that anyone who believes in him, he will fill them with his Spirit. But we're going to look at one passage where this is explained um, in John four fifteen. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, uh, someone to counsel you, and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you. He's talking about himself, living with the disciples, and will be in you. So later on, he's going to put his spirit in them. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, that is God speaking. And when we have the Spirit of Christ dwelling in you, he can speak to you at any time in any way that he chooses because he's always present with us. And you've probably experienced this in numerous ways where um, you're trying to decide on a direction and you just feel strongly that God's leading you in one way. Or you're just going about your day and somebody's name comes to mind and you call them and that was just perfect timing. They needed that call. They needed that encouragement. And so um, God's spirit leads us and guides us in, his, in our hearts. 
and God speaks through his spirit directly to our hearts, but God also uses other means to speak to us through his spirit. And the second way that God speaks is through scripture. And as you read scripture, the Holy Spirit will help us to understand it. Uh, It says in one place in the Bible, without the Spirit, you can't understand the Scriptures. But but the Holy Spirit also enables us to hear what God is saying to us as individuals through his Word. So that's why it's so important to read God's Word. Uh, How many of you had that experience where you're reading God's Word and it speaks directly to something that's going on in your life or a question that you have. Yeah, I uh, see hands up all over the place. And, uh, or when you're reading your devotional and it's exactly what you needed to hear that day and God encourages you through it or he directs you through it. God speaks through scripture. And if you're not taking time daily to read God's word, then you're missing out on one of the primary avenues that God gives us to hear directly from him and then the third thing is God speaks through prayer prayer is that uh, opportunity to talk with God and thank him and praise him for all that he's done in your life it's an opportunity to um, bring your request and your needs and your questions to God Uh, and his word says that he cares for us but it's also an opportunity to be quiet and listen to God speaking to you. Don't always just, you know, bring your list of things and then get up and go your way. Listen for God's answers because God speaks to us in prayer. And um, God was speaking to me about this very thing in my devotional, um, which is always good when you're preaching on a topic to kind of hear from God. But I was reading... um, from Colossians, in Colossians, and it says in Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And that caught my attention because I knew that I was preaching about hearing God speak through prayer, and, and so I read it again. It says, devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And I had read that before, and I had even underlined the part where it says, with an alert mind. Um, And I started wondering, though, what Paul meant by an alert mind. I guess I've always thought that it meant you should stay awake when you're praying. (laughs) Sometimes when I pray, I have to devote myself to staying awake (laughs) with an alert mind when I pray. Anybody else, or is that just me? Yeah. Um, But God's Spirit was leading me to look it up in the Greek and I don't do that very often but if you spend three semesters in Greek you ought to use it once in a while (laughs) so (laughs) I um, went and looked it up and in the Greek I discovered that the word is gare gareo and it means to be in continuous readiness and alertness to learn to be alert to be watchful to be vigilant to be in continuous readiness and alertness to learn while you're praying. In other words, God speaks when you pray, so listen. It means that when you come to God in prayer, come with the expectation of hearing from God. When you pray, be ready for God to speak to you and teach you 
uh, about what he's doing right now in your life, about the very things that you're praying about. And, and that kind of praying takes some vigilance and some spiritual concentration. Uh, Romans 8.26 says that the Spirit of God leads us to pray according to the mind and the will of God. Uh, so if you're paying attention when you pray, the things that God is leading you to pray, uh, that's God speaking and helping you to know how to pray. And if you're alert to it, you can be aware of what God's doing in your life and what he wants to do in your life. Uh, sometimes God just urges me to pray something I didn't think of. And then I know that God is at work in that situation. God is the leading me to do this or to do that or to speak to this person or that person. So be alert when you pray and expect God to speak. And then number four, God speaks through circumstances. God is always at work around you, in your life and everyone's life around you. And when you need direction, God can direct you through circumstances in your life. He will open your eyes to see something you haven't seen before. He'll open a door that wasn't open before. He may shut a door that uh, had been open before. Uh, sometimes God allows painful things in our life because he knows that one of the great motivators of change is pain. Without pain, when we're comfortable, we don't change. And um, that thing that you wrote down on the line, that I am here line, that's very likely there's something about that that's causing you physical, emotional, relational, or financial pain. And while God doesn't cause these things, uh, although sometimes he can or does, uh, he can use everything to draw us to seek him and be willing to move in a new direction. And that was certainly true for the Israelites. And one of the things that I'm learning about uh, circumstances is to be patient with God's timing. And especially as a leader, there's two things about leading. The, the first is knowing the right thing to do. And the second thing is knowing the right time to do it. And so sometimes, you know, I want things to happen now. And uh, God is taking me on a different path, or God is developing it in a different way. And so I have to learn to be patient and to wait on God. And, um, and that's something that we all have to learn in our lives. God's timing is the best. And then number five, God speaks through other people. And uh, especially through other Christians who have his spirit living in them. Uh, and as you're looking at that here that you've written down on that line, that thing that you want to move away from and maybe not knowing how to do that, one of the best resources uh, is other believers, uh, Christian writers, Christian musicians, the messages on Sunday, conversations that you have here in church or in your small group that you're going to sign up for, right? Uh, <laughs> because God speaks to us through people. And you always you want to measure those words against Scripture and, and pray about them. But God speaks through people. Uh, Proverbs 15.22 says uh, this, and this is our memory verse, so let's read it together. Whoops. Huh. <laughs> okay. Read the Proverbs 15.22. You, know, you all know the drill. Okay. Proverbs 15.22. Plans fail for lack of counsel. <laughs> 
but with many advisors they succeed. Proverbs 15:22. Thank you, honey. God can speak in any way he chooses. He could he can stand right here and speak to us. But if we're going to hear God on a regular and consistent basis, you have to learn how to hear him in your daily life. I remember when I first started as a pastor and uh, I was appointed to this church that had 19 average attendants and their average age was I think 70 there was only one person that wasn't retired and so you know I'm doing everything the first time first baptism first (laughs) communion first wedding first funeral it just felt overwhelming to think about how am I going to help this church to, to grow and so I would come and I'd be at the altar for hours crying, God, speak to me, just speak to me. <laughs> and I wanted to hear a voice. And <laughs> it, it took me time to understand these are the ways that God speaks. And when he speaks through these means, that is God speaking. That is God leading you. And that's how he does that. So we have to learn to put ourselves in those places uh, where God speaks in these ways. So take a minute look again at the ways that God speaks and as you look at these you can see that hearing from God requires that you have a living relationship with God that includes reading your Bible that includes being in prayer and being in church and around other believers watching for God at work in your circumstances and recognizing that that is God leading if you want to hear from God, you need to put yourself in the places that God chooses to, to speak. If you think about the Israelites, and God was speaking to them through Moses. Uh, he was leading them through the pillar, through the cloud. Now, if one of them decided to just go off on their own and then complain, because God never speaks to me, God never leads me, it's like, well, get back over under the cloud. <laughs> go back where you can hear Moses. Because that's the way God was speaking to them. And like them, we need to put ourselves in the places God speaks. And then when we're there, to be alert. Uh, don't just read the Bible to learn some facts about God, to, to uh, have some more concepts in your mind. Read it to encounter God in it. And when you're praying, do it in a two-way conversation thing. Uh, you know, when when you think about it, the God of the universe who created everything is all-wise, all-knowing. Uh, who needs to talk more in that conversation? You want to listen to him and allow time for God to speak. And then respond to what you hear. Uh, it's not enough to just know where God wants you to go. If you don't go, what good does that do you? So responding requires trust and that was where the Israelites failed wasn't it and we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks but um, so respond if you want to go ahead and pull out your connection card we'll look at three ways uh, to respond to the message today the first is memorizing the memory verse from Proverbs 15 22 the second says I'm going to be more intentional about putting myself in the places that God speaks maybe you're wanting to see God bring about change, but you're maybe you haven't been reading your Bible or you're not really praying or whatever. Uh, so 
going to be more intentional about that. And number three, I'm going to respond to something that God's already been speaking to me about or leading me to do. Maybe God's already told you what you need to do and uh, you're making excuses or you haven't uh, uh, stepped up and done it. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you're an all-wise God and that you don't just keep that wisdom to yourself, that you've shared it through your word, that you speak to us, that you've sent your son so that we could know uh, you, know your way of living, uh, know the right path to take. We thank you that you are at work in each of our lives through your Holy Spirit. And I pray that if there's anybody that doubts that, uh, you'll make it clear to them this week, that you'll show them maybe there's something that they are really struggling with right now, God. And I pray that you put a person in their life or you speak to them through your word or how, whatever way you choose. Uh, help them to know their next step. Help them to uh, know that you're present with them and that you love them. God, I thank you for each person here, and I thank you for this church as we're thinking about our goals and the things that we have ahead of us this year. Uh, we need your presence, and we need your guidance. And so together right now, uh, as your people sitting together in your church, uh, we pray that you would give us your wisdom, that you would guide us, and that you'd open doors for us, use whatever ways you choose, so that we know that you're, that our feet are on the path that you have for us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.